0: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: And you are indeed a Locked On Magic. Today is January 13th, 2020. My name is Philip Rosson-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can just follow me on Twitter at underscore omd On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to talk about the Magic's game Monday against the Sacramento Kings and the star power of Nikola Vucevic, or perhaps the lack thereof. We'll talk about all that coming up on today's episode of Lockdown Magic, but before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network by searching wherever download podcasts for Lockdown and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, this podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on the Sacramento Kings? Check out Lockdown Kings. They do a great job covering the Kings. Great, great Kings community, by the way. One of the best blogging communities, I think, that, that are out there. You also got, of course, coming up, the Lakers and the Clippers. No one cares about them, but you know, Locked On Lakers and Locked On Clippers exist uh, just in case you want to throw those small teams a little bone and a, and a listen and a download uh, in, in, case, in case you want to learn a little bit more about them. Plus, we have some great national podcasts in Locked On NBA, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, Projecting the Screen, and the Hollinger and Duncan NBA Show. All great listens. No matter who your favorite team is, no matter what your sport is, whether it's the NBA, NFL, MLB, College, or NHL 2, you can find a Locked On podcast for you. Download your favorite Locked On podcast today, outside of Locked On Magic, of course. Wherever you download podcasts, so search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. For sure, Friday's game was a disappointment for the Orlando Magic. Undermanned without Aaron Gordon, without DJ Augustine, without Michael Carter-Williams, without all those guys. We all know their names by now. Without all those players, the Magic put up one heck of a fight. Really the only way to describe it. They have continued to show time and time and time and time again that they will fight and they will give every every game their all and give themselves a chance to win every game. So, lock that away. That's fantastic. But, of course, the end of the game was pretty much disaster. As we reviewed on the last episode of Locked on Magic, Orlando kind of, you know, failed to finish and got beat by a star player. You can live with that, maybe, but certainly some mistakes that the Magic made. And losing that game against a team that, yes, is worse than the Magic by record and probably a game that the Magic should have won. Losing that game is going to put a lot of pressure on this game Monday night. I don't think a game in January is a must-win game. But, considering how difficult the schedule is coming up with Considering how difficult the schedule is coming up with, uh, with the uh, uh, Lakers and Clippers up ahead with this road trip, and then of course coming back home, looking even further ahead, you got the Thunder, Celtics, and Clippers waiting for you at the Amway Center when you get done with this road trip. The game, the the, the start to this road trip, was going to be very, very important. And again, facing some weaker teams by record certainly would would make you think that Orlando had to get wins. So losing that game Friday makes Monday feel a little bit like a must-win game. I mean, the Lakers and Clippers will be very, very tough, and the Magic won't be 100% for those games, no matter which way you slice it. And so the potential to start this road trip 0-4 looms very, very, very large. And at that point... It might be a little more difficult to reel things in. Now, I'll grant you this. Orlando did go 1-5 on a six-game road trip last January. So again, it doesn't end anything. But it does make things a lot more difficult, especially now that the Brooklyn Nets have Kyrie Irving back. Again, this game isn't a must-win. But it is a winnable game. And the Magic do need to, get, need to bank up a win here on this road trip. And that's why I think this game is pretty big. Again, not must win, but pretty big. We know the Magic are going to fight. We know that they're going to play hard. The question is, will they execute? Will they score? Will they make shots? Because that's going to be a big deal. Will they do enough of that to get themselves the victory? The Sacramento Kings have faced just as many injuries as the Orlando Magic have. Bogdan Bogdanovich is still out. Darren Fox has been in and out of the lineup, but he will play. He's been back for a little while now. Rashawn Holmes, the kind of heart and soul of Sacramento's defense, is going to be out for at least two weeks. Several other players. Harrison Barnes banged his knee at the end of the game against the Milwaukee Bucks, and while he is not listed on the, on the injury report, that looked like a pretty you know painful injury. Again, not listed on the injury report, I would expect Barnes to play. And the list for the Kings does kind of drag on from there. The good news for them is they will get Marvin Bagley back. So maybe Harry Giles won't have to start at center. And they'll, bring De- and they'll still bring Dwayne Denman off the bench. Nemanja Bailitsa has been nursing a minor injury as well. Corey Joseph has been sick. Their list, again, is pretty extensive. But through it all, Sacramento has started to really find itself after getting off to such a slow start. Sacramento has started to pick up its pace and play a little bit more like it did last year. They've got a hot shooter in Buddy Heald who can get going quickly, and they have enough shooting on the outside. They can play five out, especially if Bagley is healthy and feeling up to it. Can play five out and really spread the floor a little bit. With Fox in there, that can be a little dangerous. This game for the Magic is, again, just like that game against Phoenix, all about their discipline. And as much about their offensive discipline as their defensive discipline. When Orlando gets their defense set, it really doesn't matter the personnel at this point. When the Magic get their defense set, they are very tough to beat. They play, de- they play their half-court defense as well as any team in the league. And that's, that's why they're back in the top five in defensive rating. But if they turn the ball over, if they give Sacramento easy, ba- easy chances down the court, if they... Um, if they give up open threes or lose track of shooters, especially Buddy Heald in transition, that's when they will be in trouble. That's what got them in trouble against Phoenix on Friday night. Orlando had uncharacteristically high turnovers, and I think they had six in the fourth quarter alone. That cost them that game. That Devin Booker three, the 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 go ahead th- or not the go ahead three came off transition, and so Orlando again playing a very You know, I think Steve Clifford was was a little magnanimous about it. Playing a group that hasn't played together very much or hasn't played together at all, he expected them not to be as organized. And he said, you know, the the biggest issue was offensively. We were not organized. Our defense was fine. Our our fight, our, our competitiveness was good. We weren't organized on offense, and that's something they worked on in practice on Sunday. Orlando also may get some other good news on that front. Aaron Gordon and DJ Augustine both practiced on Sunday, or at least participate in part of their practice, they are both questionable for Monday's game on the, on the NBA's official injury report. In addition to that, Michael Carter-Williams officially upgraded to questionable too, and there's a, at least a small chance that he will be ready to play on Monday. Orlando will still have Josh Majed, who they just signed to a 10-day contract, available as well just in case at the point guard position. So Orlando is starting to become a little whole. It's starting to get some guys back, and it wasn't expected that Aaron Gordon or D.J. Augustine would be out very long. I think the idea with resting them Friday against the Suns was that they knew they had this extra day. They had Saturday off, an extra day of rest to get ready for a game on Monday. So, I mean, Steve Clifford said that they'll see how they feel after the shoot-around on Monday. Then they'll make the decision whether they will play. And so there's a, you know at least a 50-50 chance, perhaps, that that they will play. You know, who's to say how close they actually are. Getting Aaron Gordon back especially will be big because of his defensive versatility and because he does kind of set this team back in the right roles in the right place. DJ Augustine will provide another weapon off the bench, which the Magic desperately needed in that loss to Phoenix, with Terrence Ross scoring pretty much, uh, I think it was 18 of 23 or 18 of 25 points off the bench. Orlando just needs more offensive weapons. Sacramento is certainly capable of scoring, and that's my big concern in this one, is if the Magic's defense isn't on point, if the Magic aren't playing at a high level, which, again, granted, they have been over the last few weeks, if their defense isn't on point, Sacramento will make you pay. They are good enough to spread you out and make you pay for your defensive shortcomings. The thing, though, with Sacramento is like the Magic, they go very hot and cold. They were down by 18 to the Bucks early on. They came back and took the lead in the third quarter before ultimately you know, giving way to a much superior Bucks team. Against the Suns in their game, previous game before that, they were down 21 and came roaring back. So no lead is safe against them either. Keep that in mind as well. They score in bunches, they score in spurts, and they're picking up their pace again. So, again, so I think the Magic really need to focus on their defense and limiting turnovers if they want to win this game. Just like against Phoenix, even if Aaron Gordon and DJ Augustin do not play, the Magic have enough to win this game. The Magic have actually played decently well against teams that try to pick up the pace. I think about the way that they beat, they play Washington. So that might work against Sacramento in some ways. But don't get me wrong, this is a tough game. Sacramento is playing a lot better than Phoenix is. They just beat Phoenix, in fact. And now Phoenix has actually got themselves right a nice win over Charlotte on Sunday. So, Sunday, so not ter- not you know not a terrible terrible loss at, at that. I guess Phoenix is bu- building some momentum, but Sacramento is playing well. I thought they actually played really well against the Bucks on when I wa- rewatched that game from from Friday night. They just like the Magic are fighting a lot harder and competing a lot harder, and so this game is going to look ugly for long stretches. But it should be a close one. It should be a tight one, especially if the Magic are not at full force. Expect the Magic to use a steady diet of Nikola Vucevic as the Kings lack a lot of size, especially with Rashawn Holmes out. They're going to test. They can go right at Marvin Bagley and test him a little bit um, in the paint. That's what I expect the Magic to do in this game as well. So definitely going to be an interesting matchup, a contrast of styles. If the Magic can keep up with their shooting, then certainly they have a real chance to win this game. The Orlando Magic tip off against Sacramento Kings at ten o'clock at the Golden One Center in Sacramento. We'll have complete coverage on that on our, of that game on our next episode of Locked On Magic. Well, we are thirteen days into twenty twenty, and I'm sure that you've already broken your New Year's resolution. It's okay. I have to. I have a big sign on, on my on my fridge saying "Limit your snacking." and Oh, those birthday cake Oreos are always calling to me from the cabinet, also in the grocery store, also everywhere. Oreos are delicious. This is not an ad for Oreos. This is an ad to help you get back on track for your New Year's resolution because we all want to get fit in 2020. To do that, you don't have to join a gym or pay a ton for overpriced fitness equipment. The best way to get in the best shape of your life is with Echelon. Go to echelonfit.com to discover their EX1-connected fitness bikes that offer a high-quality at-home cycling experience at, a less than ha- at less than half the price of a Peloton. Also, less awkwardness, too. Echelon makes beautifully engineered products for everyone, busy moms and dads, first responders, and elite athletes. Also, bloggers, whatever your activity level. And with daily live and on-demand studio classes right in your home, you'll never have to step foot in a gym. You'll love Echelon, but if you aren't 100% satisfied, we'll give you your money back. Join the hundreds of thousands of men and women who are getting fit with Echelon today. Don't pay a ton for Peloton. Buy an Echelon bike today for under $1,000. Go to echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-B-A to learn about their limited time offer. Free Apple, iPad, and complete details for of this exclusive offer. Echelon, it's your time. That's EC. H e l o n fit slash l o n b a. That's echelonfit.com slash l o n b a. So, the second return for All Star voting came out uh, over the weekend. And, you know, not a lot's changed. LeBron James has just gained some votes, and, and you know, All Star voting is kind of a creature of popularity. Taco Fall is still sixth among frontcourt East players. There's still some odd results. And, you know, All Star games ultimately aren't important. We do use them to measure, you know, who was good at a particular time within a particular conference. They are a a status symbol of sorts because winning teams get the benefit of the doubt, especially off the bench with coaches. Um, And so in that sense, they do matter. As expected, there are no Magic players to be found anyway. The Magic are still a relatively nondescript team among among fans and uh, certainly on on a national scale. And so the Magic aren't getting very many votes, at least as, as far as what we can tell. The Magic's hope, just like last year to get an All-Star, was always going to come from the coaches. I think the coaches and and their staffs and and whoever ends up voting on their behalf respect the Magic a lot more than the general public. And that's how Nikola Vucevic got in last year. And and may I remind you, when Nikola Vucevic was named an NBA All-Star last year, the Magic were at their lowest point in the season. They were just getting ready to pick things up as Vucevic was announced as an All-Star on that January 31st night against the Indiana Pacers. But this year, this year, even though the Magic are better record-wise, or at least feel better record-wise, and better standings-wise than they were at this point last year, this year it feels almost certain they will not have any All-Star rep- representative or any representative in the All-Star game. And Frankly, and I might get into this a little bit later, I don't believe they're going to have any represent, representation at All-Star Weekend at all. Don't be upset when that happens, please. I think that maybe there's an outside chance that a Terrence Ross or DJ Augustine gets invited to the three-point contest. Maybe they invite Markel Fultz to the skills competition just to have him there. And, Aaron, and There's obviously a lot of buzz about Aaron Gordon being in the slam dunk contest, but with his injuries, I don't think he should be there. I don't think he wants to be there. I think he admitted that the last time he was in the dunk contest, uh, that that he was he wasn't 100 percent He didn't get the time to prep. And yeah, I honestly, I, I think he feel felt a little bit embarrassed by his performance that night. So be prepared that the Magic will have zero representatives at All-Star Weekend in Chicago, which, you know, when we get when we cross that bridge, I will argue that, especially with the injuries this team has had, is a good thing. Evan Forney and Nikola Vucevic are obviously the two guys that I would push as the Magic's All-Stars this year. No no offense to Jonathan Isaac, who probably could get in that conversation too for for this season. But it's still important to note that Nikola Vucevic is the the quote-unquote star of this team. Yes, he he may not get the recognition. He may not get the trip to Chicago. You know, his all-star appearance in last year may be kind of a one-off thing, which, you know, we all maybe kind of suspected. But that doesn't lessen the importance for Nikola Vucevic on this team this year. And frankly, the way that he has regressed statistically is at least part of the problem for this team. Last year was undoubtedly a career year for Nikola Vucevic. Career high, 20 points per game. Career high, 12 rebounds per game. Just, you know, career high assists per game too, I believe at 3.8. He just had a career year. But to me, what made him an all-star wasn't that he was putting up career numbers, which certainly helped and and certainly made the case. To me, what made him an all-star was his consistency. He played in 80 of 82 games, really. And the only two games he missed were In December, he missed a game for paternity leave, which, frankly, I'm still surprised he only took one game. And second, he missed the final game of the season just to rest and prepare for the playoffs because Magic understood how important he would be for the team no matter who they played, whether at that point it was the Milwaukee Bucks, Toronto Raptors, or Philadelphia 76ers. Certainly, the Toronto Raptors treated him like the star in that playoff series, just crowding him making him uncomfortable and and effectively taking him out of the game. This year has been, you know, so what made Vucevic special then was his consistency, that you could count on him for 20 and 12 every night. He didn't have the big 40-point outbursts. He didn't have really any 10 or 12-point duds. He was always in that 17 to 23, 24 range and always in that 9 to 12 rebound range, or a little bit more, in fact. 9 to 15 rebound range, let's say. Every single night. Cut out any segment of the season last year. And his numbers, even his shooting numbers, around 53%, all of his numbers were virtually the same throughout the entire year. I would argue Vucevic gave the Magic a baseline and a foundation to build upon, and it was all the other players essentially giving them the chance to win. And it was all the other players, the Evan Fourniers, the Terrence Rosses, the Aaron Gordons, who determined whether the Magic would win the game or not. Vucic gave them the chance. Everyone else delivered the wins. You can argue whether that's what a star should do or whether you know having your best player be that kind of a player is worth it. And, and that's a debate perhaps for another day. But Vucic certainly went out and earned that contract. He had his best defensive season he had his best offensive season. He was an all-star through and through. And honestly, even though the Magic gave him the big contract, this year everyone expected him to take a small step back, at the very least. He had a career year and a contract year. Teams are going to key on him a little bit differently. The Magic were going to be configured a little bit differently. Everyone expected him to take a step back. And really this year he struggled to rediscover his rhythm. He kind of came into camp a little banged up from the FIBA World Cup, a little fatigued, perhaps. And that slowed him down. Then came the ankle injury in late November. That slowed him down. And it's only now that it really feels like Vucevic is picking things back up. I mean, he won Eastern Conference Player of the Week right before he got hurt. And it felt like, okay, the all-star Vucevic is back, and that's why the Magic were winning. Again, now it's starting to feel like he's picking things back up. But it's still not quite at the level the magic need. Vucevic on the air is averaging 18 points per game. He's still up around 12 rebounds per game. A little bit less. 11 po- he's at 18 18 and half points per game, 11.3 rebounds per game. The big difference with him right now is he's hitting a career low a low for the magic at least, a magic low, 45.2% of his shots. He's taking more three-pointers than he's ever taken in his career, about 3.4 per game. So things are different for Nikola Vucevic. What isn't different, despite these numbers, is his impact on the floor. The Orlando Magic are plus 3.9 points per 100 possessions when Vucevic is on the floor. The best mark of any rotation player on the team. Essentially, the Magic are better, are a better team when Vucevic is on the floor, whether by coincidence or not. I don't think it's coincidence. And in fact, even so, the Magic have a defensive rating of 103.6 points allowed per 100 possessions, better than their season average when Vucevic is on the floor. Again, this all just suggests or points to the fact That yes, Vucevic is playing with the Magic's best players in the best lineup. But when you remove, when you peel away some of those players, Vucevic's positive impact still remains. And he's slowly been finding ways to other ways to do it. That 24 rebound game he had against the Brooklyn Nets, that was the first time he truly dominated a game defensively as much as he has offensively. That was, that was one of his best games of the season, believe it or not, even though he struggled to shoot. And so all this evidence suggests how important Vucevic is. And only highlights how some of the statistical regression is indeed hurting the magic and keeping them from realizing their fullest potential. This isn't about his scoring number. This isn't about him averaging only 18 and a half points per game. Again, we expected a small regression. Evan Fournier has taken a step up. Markel Fultz has been added to the mix. Jonathan Isaac was doing a whole lot more. We expected Vucevic to take a small step back. What's different is his defensive impact is a little bit different. After, after opponents shot 56.2% against him at the rim, according to Second Spectrum last year, it's at 58%. Again, still a good number for Vucevic. Vucevic is still at least a break-even defender, in my opinion two two 2018, opponents shot 65.9% at the rim against Vucevic. To be down to 58 in two years from that, from that is pretty good. You know, he's not an elite rim protector. He's not an elite defender. But he does the job. And certainly fits within the Magic scheme. They designed a scheme that fits around him. But that shooting number being down has hurt the team. They turn to Vucevic. They rely on Vucevic for points. And while... He's hanging around the three-point line maybe a little bit too much and taking a few too many threes. He's missing a lot of those easy shots that they count on him to make. And so again, it it all adds up to this. Nikola Vucevic is this Magic Team star. He is the guy upon which the whole team depends. And everyone knows it. Everyone acknowledges it. Everyone accepts it. Everyone needs it. And while Vucevic is certainly better than he was two, three years ago and is certainly still a reliable player and you know, honestly still a borderline all-star player, if the Magic want to stay in the fight for seventh, if the Magic want to make a run for sixth, if the Magic want to be objectively a better team than they were last year, Vucic has to take that leap back up to being an all-star. If not on the team itself, then certainly the clear-cut all-star that he was last year for this team by the play and by the consistency that he showed. And honestly, that is a big piece of the magic that are missing so far this year.
1: Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. we can find us on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the other places on the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at Philip R MD, And Dean. of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Ross and Mike. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic.
1: You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.